Ki ora e te whanau, ki atau, ki atatau, te atewhaia me te rangi Māori e o te atua. Grace and peace from God, our Father. He's here. And it's so lovely to see God already just moving among us by his Holy Spirit. Lovely too as well to quietly welcome Toby in amongst us, who's now two weeks oldish, isn't he, Becca? Welcome, Toby. Shh. Gentle clap. Don't scare the baby. Toby, who isn't a little baby, but a big, big boy, isn't he really? 11 and a half pounder, I believe. So that should bring water to the eyes to some. I mean, that's a big boy. And uh, so lovely to see Becca and, uh, and Toby with us today. And uh, yeah, not only is today our Sunday to kick off the prayer week, it's also really the start of an opportunity to share what we feel uh, God is bringing to us as a church in, in 2019. Um, and uh, have I got 2019 up there? Maybe put 2019 up there. Just to remind you, it is 2019. I just got used to doing 2017 when it turned to 2018, and now I, I'm lost. Uh, 2019. And uh, the kinds of things that we feel God is leading us to as a church and what we like to see happen. And, and we'll share more and more over the next Sunday. It's not just today. But, but today, I wanted to mention a couple of things I, I personally feel very strongly about for this coming year for us as a church. Uh, and, and two things that are close to God's heart. One of them, already mentioned, well, we mentioned both of them. One of them is presence. More of his presence. More of his Holy Spirit among us. And to be honest, it's, that's a passion. I have a passion for that. Ever since as a young teenager, I walked into a church just like this one. I was totally uh, without God. I hadn't any, any talk about in my family, ever been to church before. Came in and, and the group began to worship and I encountered the presence of God. And I, I got saved really on the spot. I was an easy convert uh, as I encountered his presence. And I don't know about you, but I long for more of that. I long for people to be healed and our worship and set free. It was lovely as Nat just led us through as the Spirit was just moving and touching people and just bringing refreshment and setting free. I long for more of that, don't you? I mean, I long for people to be born again. <laughs> Praise God for what we're seeing. I mean, even just a few weeks ago, there was someone here among us, and, and they're not here this morning, so I can say it, but they were just weeping, weeping, weeping. And uh, I said to them afterwards, what are you weeping for? And the first time he'd come, he said, well, I've not been anything like this for 20 years. God's here. I long for more of that, don't you? I long for more. I long for prophetic words to come with such power and open hearts up to such a degree that people will fall on their knees and say, God is surely among you. I long for more of his presence. And, and while I thank God for what we've seen, the Bible tells me there is more here among us and Tomokunga out there as well, out where we spend most of our time. There is more for us. So that's one thing, more of the presence of God. And, and Phil's already mentioned uh, the word prayer. I, I long for us as a church to grow more deeply in prayer. I, I really do, which is why we're having our weeks of prayer and also why we'll be teaching about prayer more this year than maybe we've done before. Because our longing is that this church will genuinely become a house of prayer for the nations. Amen. Yeah, good on you, Delhi. For your nation anyway. No, no, for all <laughs> nations. House of prayer for all nations. Not just for our little thing, but for all. God's heart is for the world he gave his son. So that's what we're going for. And also that as a church we'll see incredible breakthroughs that only God can bring through prayer. Only God can do. So, so presence and prayer. Two paths 
right, that I believe God wants us to walk down further as a church this year. Uh, and so I, I began thinking of a place in Scripture where these two paths cross, you know, a place in Scripture that teaches both about presence and prayer. And I felt myself drawn strongly to Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews 4. 14 to 16. You might want to turn to it in your Bibles, but don't worry if you haven't got one or you can't. Uh, it's going to be up there on the screen anyway. Hebrews 4, all right, 14 to 16. 14 to 16. And uh, there it is there, in fact. And what I want to ask is that we all loud and proud read the Scripture out. It's good that we read the Word of God, that we read the Scriptures. So there it is on the screen. There's no excuse at all. So let's all together read out the Word of God, shall we? Let's do it. Here we go. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Excellent. Well done. You slap yourself on the back. Well read. Really, I want to talk to you about thrones this morning. About thrones. Now, now, we don't often use that word throne in our conversation, do we? Don't, it doesn't sort of pepper our talk. How's your throne this morning? Well, I just brought a new throne at the mall. What do you think? Uh, we don't use the word throne. It's an alien word to us. But, uh, but let me tell you, this throne mentioned in Hebrews 4, throne of grace, is, is one we do need to know about if we're going to really understand presence and prayer. We do. So I just want to unpack what this throne of grace in Hebrews 4 is really all about, all right, because uh, it's an important one. Uh, and uh, the first thing to say is that actually this throne of grace really refers to two thrones, two thrones. One is a shadow of the other, all right. The first one, the, the shadow one, is found in the Old Testament. Remember, the book of Hebrews is written to Jewish believers, Christians who are from a Jewish background, who knew their Old Testament scriptures. And, and when they heard this phrase, throne of grace, they would have immediately made a connection in their minds to a certain throne in the Old Testament. And the throne in the Old Testament isn't a kind of a big gold chair, how we imagine thrones to be. No, actually, it's, a, it, it's this box that I know many of you will know as the Ark of the covenant. It's a box. It's about no more than about this long by about this deep. It's not a very big box. This box, Ark of the Covenant. And uh, what made it so special and unique to anywhere else on earth, of course, was that on the cover of the Ark between the two angels there, the two cherubim, was the presence of God. The presence of God, the physical presence of God. Now, not all of God, of course, because God fills all things and goes beyond time, space, and beyond. But nevertheless, something of him physically, you could see his glory. It was often referred to as the Shekinah glory, the, the glory of God. And it was kind of between these two angels, and you could physically see him. He, he rested on the box. It was his unveiled presence. And of course, in the Old Testament, there was, a, there was no way that you could approach this particular throne. You, you couldn't even come into the room. If you tried, you would drop dead on the spot. 
And that's because you, you and that's simply because, and it's not because God is mean and nasty, it's simply because of the holiness of God on one side and the sinfulness of man on the other side. And they're not compatible. The holiness of God is his absolute and infinite moral purity. Something we can't really comprehend because we're sinful. And, and this holiness is utterly incompatible with sin. There's a passage in Habakkuk 1, which uh, the writer is talking about God, and he says, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. It doesn't say you will not. It's you, you, you cannot. All right? because, because sin and God cannot be in the same room. They're incompatible. You know, one of my very earliest memories as a child, and it is probably my earliest memory, as I think I can't have been more than about two. And uh, the reason why it's so clearly in my mind, uh, you'll, you'll know in a second, uh, I'm about two years old, I'm sitting in front of a kind of a fire, there's a fireplace in my grandparents' home up in Auckland, and the fire is blazing on the hearth, and I'm sitting not far from the, the hearth. Now there's a screen protector in front of the fire, actually there should be, but I'm sitting there, and, and a bright ember spat out of the fire, arced over, and landed right in front of me. And I have this very clear memory of thinking, oh, pretty stone, and reaching over and picking it up. And in my mind is so clearly two things. One is excruciating pain, and two is confusion. Why am I feeling this? And it was the first time I understood that my flesh and fire are incompatible, all right? And so it is here. Sin cannot coexist with the holy presence of God. So this throne, this, this presence of God is hidden away, closed off in a room on its own, the most holy place, tents all around it, can't get in there. And it was a huge responsibility, really, for the people of God, the children of Israel back then, to have God among them, the presence of God. It was a privilege and a responsibility. And sometimes, if you read the accounts, you know they messed it up. There are some times where they, they messed it up and they suffered the consequences. The, the most famous one probably is in Leviticus 10. You remember Abraham, uh, sorry, Aaron's sons. Aaron's sons, here they are here, Aaron's sons. Aaron's sons... Nadab and Abihu took their senses, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, Among those who approach me, I will be proved holy. In the sight of all the people, I will be honored. And then you get that amazing little phrase, Aaron remained silent. I find it moves me, that last little phrase. It's like Aaron has just seen his two sons consumed and destroyed, and yet he doesn't say a thing against it. It's almost, it's almost as if he, he understands something about the awesomeness of the holiness of God and how you can't mess with it. And again, it's not that God is horrible and mean. It's simply because he is holy, holy. And of course, Aaron would know about God's holiness because he's the high priest. And if you know your Old Testament, you'll know that only the high priest, one day a year, the Day of Atonement, was allowed to come before this throne, this 
presence of God. And what he would do, Aaron would do, is he'd, he'd tiptoe through, because it's a very scary thing. He would tiptoe in, and, he'd, and they would have sacrificed an animal outside, and they would have, he would have the blood of the animal on his hand, and he would, he would go forward, and he'd shuffle forward, get to the top of the box, and he'd sprinkle the blood of the animal upon the cover as a sacrifice for the atonement of the sins of the people. And he'd have to be really careful. And so what he had to do as well is he'd have a, a, a bowl of incense with him as well. And, uh, and he'd have this incense burning away, put coals in there, so that the smoke would rise so that he couldn't see the presence of God. Because if he did, he'd die. It says in Leviticus 16.13, The smoke of the incense will conceal the cover of the atonement so that he will not die. And so for Aaron walking into the presence of God, it was a very nerve-wracking experience. There he is, crawling forward almost. And there's this, I think, I imagine him thinking, I hope I put enough coals in there. You know, I, I hope this, or I hope they repaired that hole in the corner of the tent. I don't want a breeze blowing through and blowing the smoke away at the wrong moment. It must have been a terrifying, terrifying thing. The point is, the presence of God was sealed off. As an Old Testament saint, because of your sin, you, you couldn't know or engage with God firsthand with the presence of God. You couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it. You, you couldn't know him in the, that intimately. You couldn't draw near to him in that real, intimate, almost face-to-face -face love. You just couldn't do it. Now, the other thing you need to know about this throne in the Old Testament is that, as I said at the start, it, it's a shadow all right, it's, it's a shadow, it's a copy, a small copy of an infinitely larger, more glorious heavenly throne. It, it's a little bit like this, this, this Ark of the Covenant, it's a bit like, it's a bit like this, really. It's a bit like a, a toy replica of something bigger. So that's a toy replica of the largest passenger ship on the seas right now called the Harmony of the Seas. And up there, it's about, it's got everything in there. You can see all the little windows and all the little different, different levels and decks and so on. It's a, it's a perfect imitation, but it's big enough for you to go in the bath and float it around in your bath at night. All right? it's, it's not that big. It's about 12 inches. But of course, this is the real thing. All right? this, is, this, is the, this is the real harmony of the seas. It's, it's absolutely ginormous. It's 1180 feet long. That's, that's uh, 12 rugby for fields end on end. All right? It's, a, uh, it's a 18 decks high. It's got 23 swimming pools in it. It carries 9,000 people on board. It's like a little town. It's huge. And you see, this is where we need to talk about the other throne because, because the other throne, the real throne, isn't a box hidden in a small room with a little canvas screen around it. No, no, this one is, this one is heaven itself. Right? This, is, this is the real thing, infinitely more glorious, where the glory of God is unconfined and fully expressed. This is the true throne. And we actually get a glimpse of the true throne when the Apostle John is taken up to heaven and he's propelled into the throne room of heaven. And this is what John sees. He says, There before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. 
Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. And seated on them were 24 elders, and they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. And then it says this, In the center around the throne were four living creatures. Day and night they never stopped crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Right? This is the real deal. This is a glimpse of what's really going on there in heaven before heaven's throne. Around it are a multitude of angels and they are worshipping this wonderful God there in his throne. This is a glimpse of heaven. This is no longer a spark on a box. No, this is the heavenly throne in all its glory. We can't even imagine it. Trouble is, of course, since Adam's day, Adam's sin, it had been completely cut off from us. Right? We couldn't see it, couldn't come near it. Our sinfulness hadn't been dealt with yet. The most we had was that Ark of the Covenant, that box, that glimpse of heaven. That's all we had. And even then, we couldn't even approach that until Jesus came. All right? Until Jesus came. Jesus, God the Son, perfect and holy as his Father, God the Son. And as Hebrew says, he came as our great high priest. Aaron's just a shadow. Jesus is the reality, the great high priest. And he didn't come with the blood of an animal. No, he goes to the cross and sheds his own blood. That's what the cross is really all about. And he didn't sprinkle that blood on a box. No, no, it says in Hebrews 9, it says he entered heaven itself there to appear before us in the presence of God. Hallelujah. The point is, his blood was shed and our sins are totally, totally taken away. And so the partition between us and heaven is gone. Now let me just repeat that. The partition is gone. It's gone. There is nothing now between the glorious throne of God and us. It's gone. The petition's gone. And so now we have access to that throne, the real throne of grace, not just an ark, but the real throne now. Hebrews 10 makes it clear. Hebrews 19 says, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, that's the one in heaven, by the blood of Jesus, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. The real throne of grace. It's there. Now, of course, this is where faith comes in. This is where faith comes in because there's always noise out there, isn't there? Background noise all the time saying the opposite. All right, Noise that says, well, God's in heaven and I'm struggling here on earth. All right, Noise that says, heaven seems so far away. Noise that says, I've sinned and I've done wrong and, and I, I feel so unworthy. Noise that says, well, yeah, the kids are sick and it's hard and I'm tired and we need to pay the bills. 
and work is tough and there are, uh, there are goals I need to reach and it's just noise all the time. And that's background enemy noise. Can I flag that up? I love what Chris said earlier about tuning in. <laughs> you know, there's background enemy noise all around us. We have to repent and align ourselves with the truth of God. That's what we're called to do. That's what repentance means. It simply means change your way of thinking to the truth of God. In other words, the full presence of God is your gift now. It is your right. The way is open. So if you say to me, Pete, are you expecting more of God's presence this year? My answer is yes. It has to be. Because there's more up there than I've seen down here. There's more to receive. Of course, I'm expecting more. Absolutely, there is more for us. And you see, knowing that, it kind of changes everything. How, how we see everything. You see, I mean, suddenly, if I know heaven is open to me, suddenly what it means is this hall, they look so ordinary. and it's a, it's a school hall. In the winter, it will be cold. Right? Drafts will come through. We, those who have survived winters in this church will know. It can be a miserable haul at times. But listen, <laughs> suddenly it becomes the place where heaven touches the earth. Why? Well, because we're in it and we have access to the throne. It changes everything. This really is a gateway to glory when we meet here. Let that sink in for a second. This is a dark old place, but that's why I love what Salote and Lee and others have done, just, just, just lifting it up a bit and just putting some lovely things around and just stepping up our game, as it were. It's wonderful because, actually, among other things, what it does is it reminds us and helps us understand that this tired old room can be more than that. Actually, it's the gateway to glory. This is where heaven touches the earth. And as the people come among us, I'm expecting they will encounter more and more of that glory. Amen. Praise God, even for this morning. Well done, Nat, just leading us through. The Spirit of God's here. Oh, that's a taste for more. There is more to come, folks. In fact, wherever you go is the gateway to glory. Because... You have access to this throne. Let me tell you, the office where you're going to turn up to tomorrow, it may be as secular and dark and cynical and uh, the, uh, the dark humor and the backbiting behind the boss and everything. Over your head is the gateway to glory. You have access to the throne of grace. The home where you struggle at times and you think, my goodness, the kids are sick again and it's so messy and I don't know what I'm going to do. It's so mundane. Above you is... Gateway to glory. It's there. The throne room of grace. In the shops or on the streets, even in the darkest places. I, I still remember holding the hand of a dear friend as he died. And I was holding his hand. And I remember in that room was so tragic and miserable and dark. And yet I do remember as he passed, I remember such glory filling the room. I just felt like he went straight through. There is a gateway to glory over our heads. So yes, I am expecting more of his presence with us this year as we walk this truth out and believe it. Amen. And I will encourage us to do that. And I'm also expecting something more as well, and it's to do with prayer. 
You see, what does that, that the last bit of our, our first scripture say? Uh, if I can get it up there, if I turn myself off. Oh, man. Maybe I have. I can have the next, next slide up, please. That's okay, Gary. Cheers. Anyway, this is our first, first uh, sliding in Hebrews 4. That last bit, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. All right, that's a, that's a powerful little verse there. In other words, not only is the way open, it also says, I'm commanded to come forward and receive grace and mercy. All right? And I just love those words, receive and obtain. Receive mercy, or it says find grace. Older versions, obtain grace. I love receive and obtain. They're such practical words. What it means is that I can approach the throne of heaven and I can receive and I can obtain and draw back to where I am on the earth. Hallelujah. That's what I can do. And uh, I just love it. And this is really where, where prayer comes in because that's how I receive and I obtain. And that word confidence is important. It's actually a, a kind of a, a secular term uh, from the time and it describes how you talk with a friend. And you know what it's like when you're talking to a friend? You're honest, you're open, you're frank, you're clear. There's no religiosity or humbug about it. You're not trying to be polite. You're saying, I need this. I need this. And it's a confidence. That's how we are before the throne of God. That's how we can pray. And, and, and it's a confidence that comes from knowing where you are and knowing it's your place. All right? Again, sometimes as believers, I think when we pray, it's like we're, we're, we're way at the back. You know, heaven's over there somewhere, full of glory, angels, woo! And then here I am in my bedroom at home, and it's like a little dark alleyway far away from the, from the walls of the palace somewhere. And I'm here saying, God, are you really there? Are you there? Do you hear me, Lord? It's me. That's not how it is. It says here, come. It's like, there is a parking place before the throne of God with your name written on it. It's where you belong. It's like when you go to a wedding reception, a large one, and you go to a wedding reception, you think, I wonder where I, if, if my name's anywhere. Where do I sit? I hope, I hope it's there. And then you suddenly find that your name is on the top table. Hallelujah. Guys, we're at the head table. I find that very encouraging. And the point is, there is grace, heavenly favor to be received from the top table. There is mercy to be obtained from there. And you see, that changes how I pray. It just changes it. I'm not pleading hopelessly from a distance. I'm coming boldly before the throne. Not a box in a tabernacle far away, but before the throne of heaven. Angels are tearing their hair saying, how did they do that? You know, 1 Peter says, angels desire to look in these things. What that really means is they can't believe we have this privilege. They see God as he is and they see us with our prayers coming to the throne of grace. And they're going, what? And we boldly come, which means that we kind of impertinently come. Because as Chris said earlier, it's not about our performance, it's about Jesus and the perfection and purity of his blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It changes how I pray. So I don't come thinking, God, are you even hearing me? 
No, I'm simply obeying his command to come with frank boldness to receive and obtain from a God who has done so much to get me there. He gave his son to get me there. He wants you there. Gave his son to get you there. I, I love there's a, there's a scripture from the Old Testament, Jeremiah, and it describes God's attitude to us as we come to the throne. He says this, The Lord longs to be gracious to you, therefore he rises up to show you compassion. It's kind of how I imagine him sometimes on the throne. It's like he's, he's getting up to meet me before the throne. I know I'm being heard then. I know there is grace for me and mercy for me then. Because he rises to show compassion. He spent his son to get me there. So it's come then, draw near. Don't hold back. Wow. So tonight, I'm not just going to the church office. Where, by the way, it will be incredibly hot. Because <laughs> it always is after a sunny day. No, I'm not going to the church office. I'm going to the throne of grace. I'm going to the real thing. I'm going to the one in heaven. I'm going to the center of the kingdom of God. And I'm going to receive some things. And I'm going to obtain some things. And some of these things tonight and throughout the week will be personal. There are things that Julie and I are praying for earnestly, desperately. Mary, I understand about your loved ones, your kids. There's only one I can think of that we're praying desperately for at the moment. I'll be praying for that, obtaining mercy for that. And other things will be prayed too, big things that are also close to God's heart, things like his kingdom coming and the nation turning. I'll be praying for those things too. Amazed that, that God chooses to involve me to accomplish his glory on the earth. Wow! What a privilege. Why wouldn't I want to be there? Are you coming to the throne room tonight? Are you coming on Tuesday night? Are you coming on Saturday night? Half a night of prayer. Oh, I don't know about half a night of prayer. Let me tell you, they're absolutely the most glorious meetings of them all. Because in the second half, we're thinking, I'm so tired. I have nothing else to pray. Actually, God moves in and breathes on us. He says, I so want you to come before me, I'll even help you. Wonderful times of prayer. If you've never been before, come. We meet with God there. Mercy and grace will be poured out there. Understand this. This is the gateway to heaven right here and right now. Wherever you are, because you have been born again. And your sin has been taken away. And you have access to the throne of grace. Where else would I rather be than there? Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Let's stand. This is the gateway to heaven. This is the way. Because of you, because you are born again, cleansed by the blood of Christ, the throne of grace is there for us to receive from. It was lovely praying earlier. Notable miracles. Nat piped up with that in a prayer time during the week, didn't you, Nat? 
And we wrote it down on the, on the board in the offices, notable miracles. Yes, please. That means major breakthrough. Things that only God can do. We're going to finish really. We've been praying for one another. I don't want to close it either. God wants to do more, I'm sure. But right here, right now, there is grace and mercy to be received. You don't need to wait for tonight. It's here now. Some of you would have said, oh, prayed for earlier. God met with me and hallelujah. Even as we sing this song, as you sing it, I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to just convince you in your hearts that's truth. We are singing that one, aren't we? <laughs> just checking. As we sing it, understand the truth of it. Father, I pray, even as we sing a song, it will be an affirmation of truth that will drop from our head to our hearts and change us. Holy Spirit, would you bring revelation, even as we sing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing, shall we?
and sin of humanity and that he went to a cross no Lord that he he preserved himself perfect so that when he came to the cross he might die a perfect sacrifice thoroughly doing away with our sin he who knew no sin became sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Lord, it's not even that you took away our sin. It's that you also gave us his righteousness. Oh, Father, we we praise you for that substitution that happened on the cross. And now heaven is open to us. Lord, I praise you for that. That the real thing, not an image or a shadow, but the real thing is open to us. And our names are there, as it were. We have a place there. Father, I pray that in the power of your Holy Spirit, you would grip us with this truth in the days ahead. That we would pray with authority and power because we know where we are and we know we have a right to be there. Oh, Father, more of your presence, please, here on earth. Oh, Father, help us to be a people of prayer indeed. Those who know what it is to be there in the glory, as it were, and receiving mercy and obtaining grace to help us in our time of need. Father, I pray, release your power among us in increasing measure. Lord, breathe upon this church, please. Yeah, a new chapter, truly a new chapter. God, we need you. We put aside our own human hype and, 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 and so-called ability. It's rubbish. We come to you for your great ability. Just as we close, before we close, we were praying earlier. Ralph, you had a, a word about three people here who were broken. Who were broken, who were trodden down, who were crushed. There were three people. I'm not going to ask you to publicly identify yourselves, but Ralph is going to be here at the front with me. And if you know, hey, that's me, I am hurting here. I'm carrying something and have had no relief. Then we would stand with you before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy to help in your time of need. If that is you and you long for relief, don't leave this room until you've received it. God who loves you is here rising to show you compassion. If that is you, we'd love to pray with you. For the rest of us, let's go in grace and we'll see you throughout the week. 
as we gather to pray. God bless you guys. Parents, you'll need to race over and get your children and sign them out. But hang around, stay for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, especially if you're visiting. We'd love to get to know you more. God bless you guys.